Alrighty, so we're on the uh, very bottom of 6a, Vav Amud Aleph. Um, and we are in the middle of discussing the two different opinions as to what type of offering, what type of sacrifice was brought right prior to, to, to Mount Sinai, to the Mount Sinai experience when the Torah was given to the children of Israel. Was it, what type of ola specifically, what type of burnt offering? Was it the olas re'ia? Was it the burnt offering for the festival? Or was it just the daily, the olas tamid, the daily burnt offering? So we said that there's three opinions on each side. Um, and um, we said there's three opinions on each, there's three on each three opinions on each side of the coin. And now that's what we're going to go through. So two lines um, from the bottom. Beish Shammai. So we said that Beish Shammai felt that the sacrifice that was brought right before Mount Sinai was a <coughs> holiday burnt offering, an Olas Re'iyah. And where do we know that from? Had the Amran, we already explained it, that which we said. Rabbi Shmuel, we said Rabbi Shmuel felt that it was an Olas Re'iyah um, brought right before the Mount Sinai experience. Titania, because we learned in Abraisa, this is where we know what Rabbi Shmuel felt. Rabbi Shmuel Omer, Rabbi Shmuel says, Klolos Ne'emru V'Sinai, this is very interesting. <coughs> He says that you have 613 mitzvot, 613 commandments in the Torah. And he explains that all of the general principles of the commandments were taught to Moshe at Mount Sinai. And now we're turning to Vav Amod Beis, 6b, Upratos Ba'oel Mohed. And then the details of each one of those general commandments were taught in the Ohel Mohed in the Tent of Meeting. Um, so that is a reference to the Mishkan, the tabernacle that was erected after the Mount Sinai experience. Um, and it was there that God communicated with Moshe, with Moses. And we are told that that's where the, and Rabbi Shmuel is telling us that that's where the details of each one of the commandments was was taught to Moshe. For Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva, this is the continuation of that b'risa, Rabbi Akiva argues with Rabbi Shmuel. He says, Klolos upratos in the emrubis Sinai, both the general both the general principles of the commandments as well as the details of the commandments were all taught at Mount Sinai. And then they were repeated in the tent of meeting, in the tabernacle. And then they were taught for a third time, but this time by Moshe to the Jewish people, in the plains of Moab. Okay. Now, so where do we see from this from this statement of Rabbi Ishmael that he felt that the Ola offering that was brought before Mount Sinai was an Olas Re'iyah, was a festival Ola, and not the daily Ola? Where did we know this from? Like, where do we see that in his words? The Isalka Daitach, and if you're going to say Ola Shehikrivu Yisrael Midbar, that the Ola offering that the Jewish people offered in the desert before Mount Sinai was in Olas Tamid Havai, was the daily um, Ola. But then there's a problem. Because mi ikamidi de meikara lo ba'i hefshet vinituach. Could it be such a circumstance where in the beginning, at first, this sacrifice, the Olas Tamid, the Tamid Ola, uh, the daily Ola, did not need to be skinned and to be cut up? to be brought onto the altar, and then after, later on, it does require skinning and the cutting up. It cannot be. Rather, it must be that the Ola that was brought 
um, before Mount Sinai was actually the Olas Re'ia, um, and then we don't have a problem. So let's just explain this a little bit. <laughs> so in the Tent of Meeting, so according to Rabbi Shmael, that the details of the sacrifice, uh, the details of the mitzvot weren't taught until later on in the tabernacle, then that means that the law that the, that the um, Olas Tamid, that the daily Ola, needs to be skinned and cut up to be brought on the altar, that that wasn't taught until after Mount Sinai. That wasn't taught until the tabernacle was erected. So to say that before Mount Sinai, an Olas Tamid, a daily Tamid, a daily Ola was brought um, without the skinning and cutting up, because we wouldn't have known that yet, and then later on it would change, that would be, that's not something that the Gemara says is is feasible. That's not something the Gemara says is makes any sense because it would make sense that the Olas Tamid, that the daily Ola, which specifically the Torah tells us was for all generations, it wouldn't change. It wouldn't have a change in how it's done. And if Rabbi Shmal felt that the um, that the Ola before Mount Sinai was actually a daily Ola, that would mean that there was a change in the procedure for it, and that's just not something that we can um, that uh, that we can maintain. Okay, so it must be a rather it must be that Rabbi Shmal holds that the Ola that was brought before Mount Sinai was actually an Ola Sriya. Okay. And then we're going to talk about, now we're going to talk about the next opinion, Rabbi Eliezer. We had said earlier that Rabbi Eliezer also thought that the Ola that was brought um, right before the Torah was given at Mount Sinai was an Olas Riyah. So where do we know this from? So Rabbi Eliezer, um, uh, Rabbi Eliezer did Tanya, because we learned in Abraisa. So Rabbi Eliezer's opinion, we learned in Abraisa. Olas Tamid Ha'asuya Bahar Sinai. The verse says that there was an olas tamid, that there was a daily ola offering offered at Mount Sinai. Rabbi Lazar Omer, Rabbi Lazar says, Ma'aseha ne'emru b'sinai. So Rabbi Lazar tells us that the the way it's done was taught to us at Mount Sinai. Bihi atzma lokarva, but certainly it was not an ola, it was not the daily ola, the olas tamid that was offered at Mount Sinai. So we see very clearly then that Rebbe Lazar feels that the Ola that was offered at Mount Sinai was not the daily Ola. Rather, it must have been the Ola Sri'iyah, the festival Ola. Okay. Um, Rebbe Akiva Omer, um, Rebbe Akiva says, Karva v'shuvlo pasca. He says no. He says certainly the Tamid, the daily Ola offering, was already offered at Mount Sinai. And then it never stopped being offered. Uh, and then it never stopped being offered. But then what does it mean when the verse says as follows? The sacrifices and the mincha sacrifices. Did you bring those to me while well, during the during your time in the desert for forty years, O Jewish people, O children of Israel? So it sounds, what we're saying here, is that God is saying that, did you bring me this in the, during the 40 years in the desert? In other words, you didn't. It's a rhetorical question. And it seems very clear that, the, that this is a reference to the, to the Olas Tamid, to the daily offering. So 
it would seem to be then that throughout their time in the desert, the Jewish people, the children of Israel, did not bring the daily Ola offering. So how could Rabbi, So this would seem to contradict the words of Rabbi Akiva. So we answer, Shifto Shalevi Shalo Avdu Avodazara. So rather you have to say as follows. You'd have to say that when Rabbi Akiva said that they brought the Tamid at Mount Sinai and then didn't stop the entire time that they were in the desert, we would say that that's a reference to the tribe of Levi. They did not engage in idol worship. So they were the ones that brought the Tamid during the 40 years that they were in the desert. The rest of the children of Israel who had taken part in the golden calf, they would not have been included in they would not have brought sacrifices during those 40 years because they were not allowed to because they had taken part in idolatry. And for them, that's where the verse tells us where that's this rhetorical question of did you bring sacrifices while you were in the desert, which would seem to say, um, no, they did not. Okay. Um, let's now, okay, so now we've spoken about the three opinions that tell us that the Ola that was brought um, at Mount Sinai was an Olas Ri'ia, not the Olas Tamid, not the daily Ola offering. And now we're going to talk about the three opinions that say otherwise, that, that disagree and say no, the Ola that was brought at Mount Sinai was the Olas Tamid. So let's see, Beis Hillel. So Beis Hillel was the first one that we said that, that held that the Ola brought at Mount Sinai was a Tamid. How the Amran, we already explained him. We explained him back on 6a. Rebbe Akiva, um, we know Rebbe Akiva also felt this. Hanami to Amrin, we already explained that. We um, we had just uh, actually just uh, just said that. We had actually just shared that a um, couple of seconds ago, a couple of minutes ago. So we don't have to talk about Rebbe Akiva. Rebbe Yosei But we also know Rebbe Yosei felt that the Olas, the Ola that was brought at Mount Sinai was an Olas Tamid. Detanya, um, because we learned in a Bryce as follows. Rabbi Yosei Aglili Omer, Rabbi Yosei Aglili says, Shalosh mitzvos nitztavu Yisrael ba'alosim laregel. There are three mitzvos that the Jewish people are commanded um, when they go up to the temple for the festivals. Ri'ia v'chagiga v'simcha. They're obligated to bring a ri'ia, the olas ri'ia. They're obligated to bring a chagiga offering, the shlamim, the peace offering of the festival. Visimcha, and that's another type of shlamim, another type of peace offering. And again, that is also that is the one specifically for the simcha, meaning it's the one that is done to um, to make sure that you have meat in order to really enjoy and celebrate the festival. And there's a certain detail when it comes to the olas re'iyah that, that does not exist for the other two, to the two peace offerings. And there's a specific detail that is relevant that, that exists for the Chagiga offering that's not found in the other two. And And then there's a um, a detail when it comes to the peace offering of the celebration um, that does not exist with the other two. And we're gonna talk about that right now. There's in it detail about the olas re'ia that does not exist with the other two. Sheha re'ia ola kula legavoha because the olas re'ia is completely offered to 
God, meaning it's the entirety of the sacrifices burnt on the altar. Which is not true of the other two sacrifices, which are a little bit of it is burnt on the altar and the rest is eaten by human beings. And there is a detail that exists with the Chagiga that does not exist with the other two. What is it? Because the Chagiga existed before the Dibor, before the transmission, in other words, before Mount Sinai. Which is not true about the Olas Re'iyah or the the, shlam, the Simcha offering, the, the peace offering of the, of the joy. And and then there um, is something that exists with the Shalmei Simcha that does not exist with the other two, which is because the Simcha, um, that applies, that, that type of sacrifice applies to both men and women, which is not true when it comes to the Olas Re'iyah or the Shalmei Chagiga. But what we do see here is that Rabbi Yossi Aglili very clearly says that there was only one of these three sacrifices that was offered before the Mount Sinai experience, and that was the Shalmei Chagiga. So obviously, Rabbi Yossi Aglili feels that when it says that an Ola was offering before Mount Sinai, that would not have been the Olas Re'iyah, that was not the festival Ola, rather it must have been the Olas Tamid, the daily Ola. So um, he obviously agrees with Beis Hillel. Okay. Now we're going to go back and talk about the opinion of Rabbi Yishmael. Up until now, Rabbi, we had understood that Rabbi Yishmael felt that the Ola that was brought at Mount Sinai um, was an Ola Sri'iyah. And now we're going to ask on that. For Rabbi Yishmael, now with Rabbi Yishmael, my time I'll come mukmas like a Beishamai. Why are you establishing him like Beishamai, that the Ola that was brought before or at Mount Sinai was an Ola Sri'iyah? So what did you say? If you would think um, Because your whole point was, your argument was, is that if you're going to say that the Ola that was brought in the wilderness, in the desert, specifically before Mount Sinai or at Mount Sinai, if you're going to say that was an Ola's Tamid Havai, that that was the Tamid offering, is there such a thing that in the beginning it did not require skinning and being cut up to go onto the altar? And then later on, it does require skinning and being cut up. So we said that, that it, therefore, it must be that according to Rabbi Ishmael, um, the Ola that was brought before or at Mount Sinai was actually the Ola Sriya, because it wouldn't make sense to say that we it was an Ola Tamid because... We could not comprehend that idea. We cannot digest that idea of the rules of the the procedure of the Olas Tamid changing um, midway through. So that was the, that's what we had said. But then we say, but wait a minute, that's not so simple. Take a look at Rabbi Yosi Aglili. De Amar, who said, Ola who said that the Ola that the Jewish people brought in the desert, specifically at Mount Sinai, Tamid Havai was an Olas Tamid. And that would mean then, which means that according to Biosek Lili, in the beginning it did not require being skinned and being cut up. And then later on, it changed and it did require being skinned and being cut up. 
Ditanya, because we learned very clearly in the in the Brisa, Rabbi Yosiglili, Omar Rabbi Yosiglili says, Ola Yisrael Midbar, that the Ola that the Jews brought, the children of Israel brought in the desert, Ena Tuuna Hefshet It did not at, in the in the beginning, it did not require skinning and being cut up. Because the concept of skinning and being cut up to be brought on the altar, um, only existed from the erect from when the tabernacle was erected and onwards. So we see Rabbi Yosei clearly holds that the procedure could have changed midway through, and if that's the case, then why are we so sure that Rabbi Shmael? couldn't have said the, exactly the same thing, and therefore agreed that the Ola that was brought at Mount Sinai was actually the Ola's Tamid, and fine, just like Rabbi Yosei it changed, the procedure for it changes midway through. So we answer, Samemikan Rabbi Ishmael. So we say, you're right. Delete from here Rabbi Ishmael, meaning do not include Rabbi Ishmael in the list of Abaye as to the opinions that hold that the that the Ola that was brought at Mount Sinai was an Olas Ria, because it's true, according to Rabbi Shmuel, it could have been an Olas Tamid as well. Okay. All right. Um, so before we go on to this next part of the Gemara, I think it's important to read a verse, um, a verse that is hard to, to, to read, actually, and that's exactly what the Gemara is going to be talking about. So the verse says, So this is a verse about the sacrifices at Mount Sinai. And it says, It says that Moses sent the youth of the Jewish people, and they brought olas, burnt offerings, and they slaughtered zvachim uh, shlamim, they slaughtered um, sacrifice, shlamim sacrifices, La Hashem to God, parim, and then the last word is bulls. So the big question is, is what is that word bulls going on? Is the word bull um, going on both explaining or describing the type of ola and shlumim that was being offered, or is it only describing the type of shlumim that was being offered? So that's the question here. asked, This verse, how is it written? Meaning, where do we put the word bull? What's the word bulls coming to describe? Is it that the Moshe sent the youth of the children of Israel and they brought olas? Now, the olas, those weren't bulls. Those were sheep. And then they slaughtered shlamim to God, which were bulls. So is that what's going on here? Oh, Dilma, or perhaps Edi Parim Havu, or was it, or perhaps both the Ola and the Shlomim brought at Mount Sinai were both bulls. So what's the question? So that's that's the question. What's that last word of the verse um, describing? Is it describing the Ola and the Shlomim, or is it just describing the Shlomim? So the Gemara asked the question. What difference does it make? Who cares what type of Ola the children of Israel brought um, at Mount Sinai. Like, why does that make a difference to us? So Marzutra Omar, Marzutra says, Lefisuk ta'amim. It makes sense, it makes a difference as to how you're going to read it with the musical notes. If the if it's two separate ideas in a passage, meaning the word bulls is only going on the shlamim and not on the olas, 
then you'll do use a musical note that will separate the first and second part of the verse. But if the word bulls is going back on the ola as well, then you'll use a musical note that will um, string together the entire the entire verse. So that's what it makes a difference for. Rav Acha bereid Rava Amar. Rav Acha, the son of Rava, said, "Li Omer." It makes a difference for somebody who says the follow as follows: Hare alai ola. I take upon myself to bring an Ola offering like the Ola that the children of Israel brought in the desert before Mount Sinai or at Mount Sinai. My, what is the law then? What happens if somebody makes such a vow? Parim havu, okfasim havu. Was it cows or was it sheep or lambs that, the, that they brought as the Ola at Mount Sinai? And to that, the answer that we end up having is teku. We're going to let the question stand. It's going to remain unresolved. We don't know. Okay, this is a, uh, a great place to stop. Um, and next time we will uh, talk, talk about a very interesting, um, a very interesting Mishnah that we actually say every single day in our prayer service.